Welcome to episode number 29 of Nurses Living the Good Life. My name's Ann Conkley. I'm a certified nurse midwife and a certified life and business coach, and I'm so glad that you're here. So I did a TikTok video recently, which talked about the tips that I recommend for negotiation. And I was surprised by how many um, people reach out to me and said, hey, do you have any other tips or, you know, but what if I don't quite feel confident when I'm going into negotiation? And so I wanted to share some of the recommendations that I have for all advanced practice nurses when they're entering into negotiation. And also, as you know, talk a little bit more about what may be getting in the way of you becoming the woman advanced practice nurse who uses negotiation as a primary skill to create exactly what you want, AKA your version of living the good life, right? So, right? Because I mean, think about it. I mean, why do you go to work? Some of us go to work to, you know, live out our purpose, which is fantastic. And some of us go to work because we want to do a little bit of living out the purpose and also creating money in the bank so that we can do Turks and Caicos four times a year. Some of us want to redo the kitchen. I mean, right? There are all sorts of reasons why we go to work. And so I just want you to start to think about if you are going to actively create your version of living the good life and you believe that money can support you in creating that reality, then let's talk about how to use the opportunities that are in front of you. And negotiation is one of the best ones. In fact, when I talk with my clients about signing up for Women Who Cultivate, my group coaching program for advanced practice nurses, there's two ways that I have clients consider creating the funds to support that investment. Number one, using CME dollars if your institution or university or organization provides those to you because this that program is approved for 40 ANC uh, credit, uh, continuing education credit hours. Also, the other way that we can do this is to go and have a conversation with your boss and negotiate two grand in CME dollars if you don't already get it, or to negotiate a $2,000 raise or some sort of a raise that can support you making that investment in yourself. So let's get into it. I want to talk through number one, again, some of these suggestions, then number two, some of the things that are getting in the way. So let's start with what's getting in the way and why you're not already the person who's commanding the highest salary that you possibly can. And there's usually, um, there's a couple of thoughts that may be brewing in there. And some of these are going to be kind of surface level. And some of these are, we're going to have to dig a little deeper. And very often what I do with clients when we get on Zoom and start to talk about, you know, what's going on for them and, and where they'd like coaching for that week very often we'll start at the top and, you know, I'll, I let them or, you know, they get an opportunity to really share what's going on for them. And then we kind of really peel back the layers in the onion and really get at what's at the root of the problem. So for some of you, there may be a couple of these things going on, right? So you may have this thought of like, well, they might not actually pay me that much, right? If I'm the advanced practice nurse who's making $115,000, or let's just say a hundred grand to keep it easy. If I'm the advanced practice nurse who is, making a hundred grand, then I may actually think that 120,000 would be super nice. And I would love that. However, you know, I might actually just think, well, they're never going to pay me that much. Right. And maybe you also have this thought under there, which is like, well, why wouldn't they pay you that much? Well, maybe because I'm not worth that much. Like I actually don't know if I create that much value or, 
It's just not what happens, right? Your brain will feed you all sorts of interesting stories about why that may not be true, right? But the reality is if we look at salary data and we go on to Glassdoor or Indeed and we look up the salary data in particular for advanced practice nurses based on geographic location, we can see that ranges for salary go anywhere from you know, 90 grand all the way up to 190 grand. So there is a wide range based on specialty and location, of course. But that also gives us data and evidence that if uh, a higher a salary above 100 grand is not out of the um, ordinary for an advanced practice nurse. So again, we can create some evidence, you know, if we want just based on current salary data that it could be possible for you too. But if your brain is is really kind of circling you know, around this thought of, well, they just won't pay me that much. And, and if we dig a little deeper and it comes out like, I just don't know if I'm worth that much. Right. And remember when we talk about worth and value, these are two separate things, right? I always tell, talk about this with clients, you know, you were born worthy. You, you entered this world worthy. You will leave this world worthy. Nothing, no one, no circumstance can change that. Okay, so let's just be very, very clear about that. Your worth is indisputable and it is inherent to who you are and it will never go away. Okay, now there's this other thing called value and we can talk about creating value all we want. And as advanced practice nurses, this is a concept that's pretty easy for many of us who are clinicians in general, because we know the value of productivity and we've seen RVUs and RVU data and, you know, trends maybe for how our department does in terms of meeting as our RVU goals. So for us, right, we know that when we talk about creating value as advanced practice nurses, it can be measured in a quantitative way. And we can say, well, actually, yes, uh, we, you know, I see 3,500, I, I create value in the form of 3,500 RVUs a year. And that results in a gross billables of $600,000 a year, right? We can, we can spell that out and put it on paper. But if you're really kind of just with this thought of like, I'm just not worth that much. And the, the you might just kind of then feel a little bit insecure. And I don't know what maybe comes up for you, but when I start to think, or have that thought, which I do, because remember, I'm not a special snowflake. Um, but if I have that thought of, I'm not worth that much, I don't know. I feel like a mix of um, discouragement and then also a little a little insecure. And then the other piece of this is just kind of inadequate, right? Like, I, don't, I just don't have it, right? Like, I was just not born with it kind of a thing, right? Like, I, I'm, I'm not going to be, I can't be the person who creates, you know, uh, negotiates a salary of 150000 because that's just like not possible for me. Not because of what I did or didn't do, but it's just like not possible for me, right? So if that is in the background of your mind and you are considering a negotiation, let me tell you what's going to happen when you actually go and have a conversation with your boss or manager about your salary or your annual review comes up and you need to sit down in front of your uh, direct uh, you know, management and, and talk about it. What happens is that you will, you will beat around the bush right? You will not ask for what you want. You'll be like, well, you know, I don't know what's everybody else getting this year, right? Like, or, or furthermore, they'll be like, you know, uh, you, you, you might even say like, oh, well, like what's Sally getting paid? Or like, what's, you know, what's available for this market? Like is, you know, what's available for a raise based on my productivity for last year? 
right? And you may then subsequently get an answer that you don't like, right? Which is like, well, actually, you know, we actually don't disclose any of the salary data of what Sally's getting paid because that would be pay transparency. And most institutions, despite the fact that they are mired in uh, pay discrimination based on gender and a host of other factors against which employers don't openly but do secretly discriminate against, right? You may not have access to that data and they may not be forthcoming with it, right? So that might not get you anywhere. And, um, and if you ask them like what's possible, then you're playing in their game, right? If they're like, well, I got one to 3% of an increase this year for you. And, you know, and, uh, and based on your, you know, productivity or based on your, you know, the contributions that you've made this year, I deem it to be one to two or 3%, right? So, and, and after that, you may just be like, oh shit, right? Anytime you walk out of a negotiation or a conversation about pay and you feel a little bit resentful, you have to notice that it's probably coming from a space of the fact that you probably didn't show up for yourself in a way that was very powerful. So just notice that. Notice when you leave those conversations and you're like, shit, shit, I just agreed to do something I don't want to do for less, you know, and so now I'm doing more work for the same amount of money, which actually means I'm getting paid less right? So if you notice that resentment kind of in there, just be very curious. Why is this going on? Why do I feel resentful right now? Like, why am I upset with myself about how that conversation went? And then after that, I don't know, you may cry. You may like go on Facebook or go talk to another, you know, couple of advanced practice nurses and, you know, and, and, and try to commiserate with them and, um, right. And, and furthermore, then you may just worry about it. And then we've got to wait a whole nother year. Cause you're like, I don't know, I guess I can't negotiate for a whole nother year because again, you're playing in their game and you're like, it's on their terms. And so it's just not possible for me. Right. Um, now if you're somebody who's actually in the process of applying for a new job and you've already had an interview and you have a conversation about compensation and, and maybe, you know, maybe all of a sudden that conversation where you don't show up for yourself in a very powerful way while you're discussing pay, maybe that then equates to, you know, you just feeling taken advantage of, right? Getting into that victim-y stuff. And if you've ever played the victim and look, again, I know that role very well because I've, I've been in that role and, um, and indulged in that role in my lifetime. And so if you know that you get into that victim role, you know, very little comes out of that and it's the most powerless place to be, right? And so what happens? Well, you know, if you create the story and, you know, and it really starts with like, I just, that's not for me and I'm just not worth that much, then you actually create the result that you don't exist in the world as worthy, right? Like, <clears throat> it's interesting to see how that thought can really dictate how we feel and when we feel insecure or inadequate and then we go down and sit and have a conversation about pay and and try to negotiate but we do it from a place of insecurity the result we create is not very good and it's probably not what we wanted right we wanted to show up in a powerful way we wanted probably to ask for what we want not just take what was given to us or recommended to us right And so we just create this larger story and this belief of like, well, it's just not for me. I'm the victim. I'm never going to know how to do that. And oh, well, woe is me, right? You guys know this. And look, again, 
some of us have been, if you can be honest with yourself, you can probably look back to a time when you've acted like this and it's okay. We're not here to judge it. Nothing's gone wrong here. All of us are human. And so we will often defer to, you know, some of these states of being, you know, uh, the victim or, and it's okay. It's all right. And why does it happen? Well, that's for sometimes a really good therapist to help you uncover and, and really see. But if you can notice it and say, wow, I really, when I think that I'm not worthy and then I go into an interview or some sort of a negotiation and I actually feel kind of inadequate and then I don't advocate for myself and tell them what I want, then I don't create my, I don't create my value in that company. And I don't, um, I don't reinforce in myself that I am inherently worthy and also, um, really excel at value creation, right? And that leaves us with so many more of those inadequate and insecure feelings. So again, nothing's gone wrong, not a problem. Now, if you desire to change it, and if you desire to show up in a very powerful way for negotiation or conversations about salary, then I want you to consider this. We can talk about the things that you need to do, right? We can talk about knowing your numbers and asking for you want for what you want. And those are really the two main steps that are most important when you go into any negotiation, whether it's about salary or time or um, whether it's about a bonus or a raise. So again, know your numbers and um, ask for what you want are two important steps. But here's what's so interesting. If you are the person who goes into that negotiation and you are sitting there feeling very insecure, it will be next to near impossible for you to ask for what you want, okay? And you will, your brain will hijack you and it will tell you every reason why it's not safe and why you shouldn't ask for what you want, right? Because you were in that kind of mindset of like, well, it's just, it's just not for me. So we can talk about changing the actions and changing what you do. And that doesn't become most valuable to you unless you're willing to change how you think. So I want to offer you something. Okay. So if you are going into negotiation and interview, I want you to sit there and start thinking about all the ways in which you have been a the baddest bitch, bad at, baddest ass creator of RVUs and productivity in your entire career. I want you to think about all the ways that you've made money in your career from every position you've had, whether it's a, as an RN or advanced practice nurse, or maybe back in the day when you were slinging pizzas or you were waiting at, ta- you know, waiting tables, I've done all that shit. Um, I want, I want you to think, I want you to begin to show your brain evidence of the fact that you know how to create value. In fact, you probably do it wherever you go, right? I don't know. Maybe you go to the grocery store. Maybe you, you know, clip coupons or use the Target app, uh, the Circle Saver, whatever the hell it is, and you actually use it to your advantage when you're in Target, and so you save yourself some money creating value for your family. Maybe you're the person who makes sure that you put your items on Amazon subscribe and save so that you can lock in a really good price and put that shit on recurring orders and subscriptions so that you don't have to think about it every day a month or meaning when the ketchup runs out, you're not sitting there having sweet potato fries, wishing that you had some ketchup in the fridge, right? Value creation. Okay. 
I also want you to think about, well, wait a minute. Okay, if I've created value in my personal life, then maybe where else have I created value professionally? Okay, well, let's start to think about that. How many RVUs do you generate? How many patients do you see in a day? How many lives do you touch? How many codes have you run? How many, um, how many procedures do you do? How many patient accolades do you have? If you go through your sentimental email folder, if you don't have one of those, just go ahead and create one right now. Go right into Gmail or Outlook, create a folder that says sentimental emails, and every time someone sends you something that is a an accolade about who you are or the work that you do, make sure that you put it right in there. Okay. I've got some in my sentimental email folder from years ago. And if they're on your work, I would actually also recommend that you just copy and paste it and then you send it to your personal email so that in the event you change jobs, you always have a bank of accolades. And these are really wonderful for moments when you're feeling like a total piece of shit. Okay. And they're also really nice for when you go to create things like resumes and CVs or you want to add in some testimonials or accolades. I think they're super nice there, but they're really good, I think, also for helping us to remember why we are, you know, the advanced practice nurses that we are and and what we do on a day-to-day basis that sometimes in our brains we think is pretty normal and regular and, you know, nothing to write home about, when in fact... That is the absolute farthest thing from the truth, right? So, and then I want you to start to think about, well, how many RVUs do I create a month? How many RVUs do I create a year? And what does that equate to in gross billables for my practice, right? I was just with a a very good friend of mine. We were talking through her RVUs uh, a couple months ago and looking at how she has created close to $700,000 in gross billables for her practice right? And so I want you to think about that. If I'm the advanced practice nurse who comes in and and creates $700,000 in gross billable revenue for my department, then why am I fussing about asking them to increase my pay? I am bringing in, right? If I'm getting paid a hundred grand and I am creating 700 grand in revenue, I'm like, I'm, I have seven axed my value, right? I have literally created so much value for this organization, right? Meaning when they invested hundred grand in me, I gave them 700 grand back. If you're like, yeah, that's like, that sounds super nice, but like, whatever. Here's, here, here's, here's a way I want you to think about it. You and I were walking down the street and I said, Hey, Hey girl. Um, Hey, I got this thing for you. So if you give me a hundred thousand dollars, I will give you $700,000 back. There is no way in hell that you would just turn a blind eye and walk away. No, you'd be like, what? What? No. You'd be like, There's, this is too good to be true. And you're like, look, my mom told me that if it's too good to be true, it probably is. And my grandma told me that too. And my grandpa told me that too. Okay, we know it in our family. If it's too good, right? Like you would just be like, no, that's not possible. And then I would be like, yeah, but that's what you do for work every day. You go in and they're like, hey, girl, I'm going to pay you 100 grand. You're like, okay, sounds good. And then you go and turn around and you create to the the magnitude of $700,000 for them. Okay. This is, by the way, one of the reasons that when I talk with a lot of advanced practice nurses about building businesses and creating private practices, that it just doesn't make any damn sense when your brain is like, but I don't know if I'm going to be successful. No, 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 no. We have like a fuck ton of data that says you're going to be super successful because this is the work that you already do. You just probably don't know it. Okay. So, so if now, if you start to look at this data and all of a sudden you're, you're, 
maybe the tune is changing and you're like, you know, shit, I mean, maybe I am the next best thing since sliced bread, right? And you're like, I don't know. Well, shit, I think they'd be foolish not to hire me, right? I mean, if we're being honest here, if you're like, and then, then you may even be so convinced that you, you could even go into an interview and they're like, well, wait, why, why should we pay you 150 grand? You'd say, because I know I create $700,000 for the practice. So I, I, you know, I could sit here and negotiate $700,000 for a salary. I'm not. I'm negotiating $150,000. Or furthermore, I'm negotiating $200,000, right? Like you could, right? So I want you to just think about that. Like, oh, interesting. What if I just thought that like I'm worthy of, of asking for three times the amount I make right now because it still would be less than 50% of what I bring in on an annual basis, right? What if then at the root of all that is like, no, I know I'm worthy. And, and that worthy doesn't change about whether or not I'm employed, whether or not I make $700,000 in gross billable revenues or whether I make $100,000 in gross billable revenue or whether or not I make $1.5 million in gross billable revenue. doesn't matter. My worthiness doesn't change. It's not up for sale or negotiation. And I create a fuck ton of value. Okay? Right? Like, because when I start to think that way, when I'm like, shit, I'm the next best thing since sliced bread. These, these people are getting a damn deal on me. I'm so valuable that I create three to four to seven times the amount that they're paying me. That's the value that I create in return for them. When I start thinking like that, all of a sudden within me, I feel very confident. I feel very powerful. I feel like unshakable. I feel, have you ever heard of unfuckwithable? Like that's how I feel. Like don't fuck with me. I know what I do. I don't need to be told. I don't need to, you know, explain it. I just know, right? Like that's like, that's like queen energy of like, I, I just know. I actually just saw, um, a, uh, I think it was the cover of People magazine. It was Duchess Kate Middleton. And she was, uh, there was a picture of her and then the queen in the background. And then the bottom, it just said, Kate is learning, you know, how the, the queen operates. And it said something like uh, their motto, which is don't complain, don't explain. And I was like, oh, that is fantastic, Right? Like, what if you're just like, look, I don't complain about shit because I know what I do. And furthermore, I don't explain what I do because that shit's apparent. Okay. Right. So like, if I just, I want you to think about that. If you got into that kind of a mindset, that kind of thinking, and then in your body, it felt very powerful to you. I want you to think of how differently you would show up at that negotiating table, how you would literally come prepared with all of the data, the salary data based on geographic locations, you would come not only with that, but you would also go and look up the RN salary data. You'd be like, you know what they're paying advanced practice nurses in this location? They're paying them anywhere from 60 to $85 an hour. The salary that you've offered me here equates to roughly $45 an hour, which means that it is behind the market, right? And furthermore, the, the pay rate that is available for registered nurses right now in this geographic location is roughly $50 an hour. And so that means that you're paying some of your advanced practice nurses less than you're paying your registered nurses. Right? What's the rationale for that? 
right? Do you see how different that is? You see how that conversation, that conversation is different than like, well, what are you guys offering? Right? You know it. You know in the bottom of your heart that you're like, fuck, I know. (laughs) And look, we're not here again. We're not here to judge it. I'm not needing to look back at every time I didn't negotiate and bring up a lot of guilt about being the person who was just utterly fucking terrified of negotiating. We're not here to dra- like drag all that old shit back up. We could just keep that in the past, okay? And we can then look to the future and say, all right, okay, I get it now. I not only need to show up with the skills, right? I got to come prepared. I need to know my numbers. I need to be able to state my case. Not in, a, in, a, in, a, in an explaining way, like in a justifying way, but to tell them why, to make the business case very clear for them, right? This is another strategy I use with clients who come to me looking for support with either negotiating or trying to find that first job. And I very often say to them, look, here's what you can do. Here's what you could do for a local practice. You could go to them and create a business plan and tell them why it makes every goddamn sense in the world for them to hire an advanced practice nurse. And if at the end of the day, you're like, wait a minute, why would they do that? I just want to just point this out. If I'm a practice owner, I just talked about this in five vital steps to um, building your thriving wellness practice. You know, if I am a practice owner and I look at my costs and I say, wow, I could hire uh, OBGYN to do a pap test, or I could hire a midwife to do a pap test, or I could hire an NP. Like, which am I going to do? Well, I don't know. If, if, If I have to pay the OBGYN, $300,000 and I have to pay the midwife $125,000, then I don't know, which am I going to do, right? As the practice owner, as a practice manager. I mean, from a pure cost-cutting perspective, like why do I need to pay somebody double to do the shit that can be done at half the price, right? So, right, so, so with that same idea, I usually talk with clients about go into a practice that's in your, you know, area and tell them about why they are foolish not to hire you, why they're foolish not to have advanced practice nurses, and why it makes every sense in the world. Create a scenario for them where they would literally be stupid to turn you down because it would just increase their bottom line, right? Because if you're like, look, guys, if you pay me 125000 and every year I bring in roughly five hundred to $600,000 in gross billable revenue, you're covering your costs and then some, okay? You're covering all of your expenses. And in addition, some's going into, you know, there's some money going into owner profit here, okay? Like no, like from a business standpoint, there is no way that you can look at that and say like, oh, that's a terrible move. No, it, it makes, that. it is such a good move that again, they'd be foolish. And then look, if all of a sudden they're like, no, that's terrible. That's so foolish. We don't do advanced practice nurses, girl. Then you have your answer and you're like, fuck this shit. I'm not working for people who look at advanced practice nurses and turn their nose down at them. That's bullshit, okay? Like, and I'm certainly not gonna go and try to justify the work that I do or the value that I create to a bunch of people who are just going to, number one, discriminate against me. Number two, probably create some sort of a violent environment for me because they're uh, annoyed and upset. And, uh, and like, I'm not going to play in that role no, Right. So we get our answer either way, either they're willing to do it or they're just not. And then, right. They show their cards and then we can make a further decision. Like, okay, got it. You don't want to do this. I know the kind of practice you are not one that's clearly interested in, in cost and or outcomes. Sounds good. Wasn't the practice I wanted to work for anyways, bitches, right? Like, 
mean, I feel, I feel like I'm a little on fire today. You guys are probably, I mean, I hope that there are children around that you've probably at this point either had them put their earmuffs on or, you know, sent them over to do some work on an iPad or something. So, but you guys know, I mean, this, when we start talking about value and worth and money and value creation and the work that we do, I get really very, very passionate about it because it pains me to see the all of the good that we create in the world and then the lack of um, opportunity for financial stability and financial wealth building because you know we just feel very insecure at the negotiating table and these are things that we can actually work on and we can you know we can fix by not only changing what we do but changing how we look at it and how we think about it so right so back to what we were talking about right so if i have all this very powerful thinking of i'm valuable they'd be foolish not to hire me i'm worthy of three times the salary i'm requesting in fact right then, and I feel unfuckwithable and I feel very powerful. What happens to that negotiating table? Yes, of course. I, don't, I won't entertain bullshit offers. I, I go and talk with all the recruiters. I tell them exactly why they would be foolish not to hire me. I come in with a very, very straightforward, easy to understand business plan that shows exactly why I'm the best person to hire for this position. I tell them that, um, like I sell myself to them, not in a sleazy way. I know everybody's like, Oh, I don't want to sell myself. No, we're not not like selling our bodies. We are selling our service and our service creates good in the world, right? It has nothing to do necessarily with you. I mean, if you really want to like separate yourself from it, because you're like, I don't know. It's like selling me. No, 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 it's not. We're selling a service and that service creates a fuck ton of value, okay? Some, and, and we can even measure it in the amount of gross billable revenues and we can measure it in the number of accolades and we can measure it in the number of people, the, the inches that drop in shoulders when, you know, on your patients who come in at the start of the visit and we measure the, the height of their shoulders at the end of the visit. I will guarantee you their shoulders have dropped about an inch to two inches by the end of it because they've probably been heard. They've had somebody who's listened to them, provided them with support in a compassionate way who, who's uh, considered prevention and who has uh, provided them with a, a human response and a uh, very well thought out assessment and plan, right? Like, cause that's what we do, right? So there's all sorts of ways to measure that. So, but right, if I go in there and I sell that as that service to a practice, like, yeah, this is why it makes so much sense to pay me top dollar, to pay me, you know, this amount of money for this type of service and value creation. You know, what happens? Well, you create your own value. You literally, when you do that, you become invaluable, not only to the employer, but you also become invaluable to your patients. You become invaluable to the profession. You become invaluable to your community, right? And invaluable or extremely useful, right? You create it. You literally go out and create it. When you start thinking, I'm the next best thing since sliced bread, and they'd be foolish not to hire me. All of a sudden, you go out in the world and you create your own value. And that is so, so powerful, right? In a world that sometimes tells us, like, we shouldn't be too big, you know, don't be too big for your britches or don't ask for too much or don't want for too much, right? You know, throw in some of the old Puritan thinking. We're going to throw up some of the old, you know, 
uh, misogynistic thinking, right? I mean, right? Uh, some of the social conditioning, right? The world, if the world tells you for years and years and years, yes, don't, don't ask for too much. It's not right. Mm, girl, don't. Do not shake things up like that. Don't call too much attention to yourself. Of course, you're going to sit at that table and feel a little bit inadequate and insecure. Nothing's gone wrong. Your choice to make is, okay, I see that. And that gets me one result. Now, if I desire to create something different for myself, what could that look like? If I showed up powerfully for a negotiation and I was channeled an energy of being unfuckwithable and I didn't take bullshit offers and I communicated my value very clearly and I presented it in a way that made sense, like that changes the world. And you have to understand that not only changes your bottom line and the amount of money you're probably going to get at the end of that paycheck, but it also paves the way for every advanced practice nurse who comes after you, right? So what happens when we sit in inadequacy in and inferiority and insecurity at the negotiating table? We, in that moment, also closes the door for the people who are behind us. And I know that's kind of a lot to carry, However, if we don't talk about it, we don't talk about then how we're going to bring up people with us, right? How we're going to literally, um, you know, send a hand back to all the advanced practice nurses who are behind us and help pull them up too. And that is what we must do, right? Not only for ourselves again, but for our communities, for our profession. That's how we get ahead, and in my life, the way that I want to operate as a very powerful individual is to bring this profession uh, into its full glory. And how do we do that? Well, it starts with me showing up very powerfully at the negotiating table. So I think this has probably been supportive to you. I certainly hope so. Um, again, we started off talking about, well, what are the things that I could do for you know negotiating and what are my top tips and remember of course right know your numbers and ask for what you want those are your two steps that you that can support you creating that result and i also want to just impress upon you you have to look at how you're showing up the energy that's behind that conversation when you're sitting at the negotiating table or when you're on zoom because if we can identify that that you're asking from a place of insecurity, the result you create is going to be a hell of a lot different than if you come in there feeling very powerful, feeling very adequate, feeling very secure, feeling very confident, and completely unfuckwithable. Okay? So go get it. Try to negotiate. And I just want to also point out, remember, if you're like, I don't know how to negotiate. No, no, no. If you have children or if you have patients, you negotiate all damn day long. Okay, we've talked about this in the past. So, right, like you negotiate all day long. Okay, if it's the kids in Target, like, mom, can I get a bag of chips? No, girl. They're like, mom, no. Nope. Sorry. Nope. Not even saying sorry. Nope. It's just a flat no. Right. And then they're like, but can we have it? And you're like, all right, look, if you want to have something for your dessert tonight, you can choose. If you want to get the chips, you get them now, save it for later. Okay. Right. Like, welcome to negotiation. Right. There are two parts to it. Your child wants the chips. You want your child not to spoil his, her, or their dinner. Okay. So this is how we do it. Right. And to keep diabetes at bay. Right. So this is how we do it. We have a win on both sides. Right. You know how to negotiate. I know you know this. So, all right. 
um, get out there, negotiate something and become curious. When I show up to negotiate, what's the emotion that's driving it? And um, is that serving me? And then make a choice from there. Okay. All right. Get out there. Make some money. Okay. Take care.